0: Okay, good morning, and my name is Lamar Newmeyer, and this is The Scriptures Are Real, and I'm hosting, actually, I'm hosting today, but we're both hosting. it. This is Kerry Muelstein here. Hi. And uh, we are going to talk about the scriptures today and how they are real in your life and how maybe some experiences that we might have had and how they become real to us. Before we get started here... Let's get all this out of the way. Let's do the like and subscribe and share and all that stuff. I mean, you haven't even, we haven't even said anything yet, and I'm asking you to subscribe. <laughs> but but subscribe now and listen to the whole thing and then you'll go, Oh, I did I made the right choice. That's, that's right. That's right. That's how that works. <laughs> that's how that works. All right. Um, Carrie, what are we talking about today?
1: Well, I think we're gonna talk about Enoch today. Um, and and today may be a little bit less of a Oh, at this one time, uh, suddenly the scriptures became real and more of a, as we, we've both had experiences studying Enoch where we're just like, wow, why would that be that way? And how does that work? And when you kind of start to think about it, it becomes uh, more real to you. And, and Enoch, at least for me as a person becomes more real as I see what he's going through. So, right, right. um, I think we're talking about Enoch.
0: That sounds great. Okay. So Enoch, um, Uh, background about Enoch. Give us a little bit of background uh, as a scholarly side. Who is Enoch and where does he come from?
1: Well, uh, we actually know more, I think, from the Pearl of Great Price, the Book of Moses, than we do anywhere else, although there are lots of, of apocryphal or Pseudographic, which means uh, it's someone you know claims to be written by one person but it's not really written by that person uh, but, uh writings and stories about enoch then what are in the scriptures like genesis has a teeny little bit that there was enoch and then he was not but um but you get some pretty decent stories in in a number of sources uh but most of those are pretty fantastic uh, really what we know about Enoch, we get from the book of Moses and we get uh, this story that uh, he's, he's the father of Methuselah. Um, so he's in this line that we call the, the preachers of righteousness. The, you remember that um, most of Adam and Eve's children, and again, we just get this from the book of Moses, but most of Adam and Eve's children have chosen to reject God and follow Satan. But Abel, who dies and then Seth, choose to follow God and, and make and keep covenants. And uh, and it's this line that comes from Seth, where we get uh, one after the other that uh, you know Enos and so on. Um, Jared they choose to follow God and uh, and keep the covenant. And Enoch is in that line; these preachers of righteousness, and they live for a long time. That's another yeah, interesting thing for, about them.
0: Yeah, that that'd be an interesting thing to go down but you know there's giants and all kinds of things that are mentioned in both the old testament and in uh in the pro great price which is quite interesting
1: yeah so enix uh he's young for uh this kind of a thing happening he seems to be around um 65 uh and that's old <laughs> for us but in their standards it's really young so that he'll just he says that oh, I'm, I'm but a lad right um so, <laughs> right. Uh, lad at
0: 65
1: yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, Adam is like in the, uh, one of the manuscripts of the Joseph Smith translation, um, uh, Joseph changes Adam's age to a thousand. So, um, oh, wow. uh, I mean, I don't know uh, if, if that's just rounding up or what that is, if being symbolic, but anyway, they live for a long time. So 65 is young if you're living to a thousand, right? Just like yeah. six and a half is young if you're living to a hundred. So, um, he's, he's just a lad but he's called by God uh, at that uh, young age to do some pretty cool things.
0: Yeah, um, we were talking uh, before the show started here. Uh, you're talking about, it's a verse 25. If you're following along at home, it's Moses 6:25. Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. Okay, and in verse 27, he has, uh, he has a call from the Lord.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it even starts in verse uh, 26 where it says the Spirit of God descends out of heaven and abode upon him, but then 27, you get this, And I find this really interesting. And he heard a voice from heaven saying, Enoch, my son, prophesy unto this people and say unto them. So here's what he's supposed to prophesy. He's being told exactly what he should say unto them. And it's not going to be real different than what we hear all the time. So here's what he's supposed to say. Repent, for thus saith the Lord. I am angry with this people, and my fierce anger is kindled against them, for their hearts have waxed hard, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes cannot see afar off. And I find that really interesting because in, in a moment, what's going to happen is, uh, and I think we understand uh, uh, more from Enoch about what it means to be a seer than just about anyone. Because in a moment, we're going to have this fantastic symbolic action happen with Enoch, um, where uh, in verse 35, the Lord spake unto Enoch and he said unto him, Anoint thine eyes with clay and wash them, and thou shalt see. And he did so, and he beheld the spirits that God had created, and he beheld also. Things which are not visible to the natural eyes. And from thenceforth came the saying abroad in the land, a seer hath the Lord raised up unto his people. Right. So you have this kind of symbolic action, like put clay on your eyes, because that's how most people are seen spiritually, like they've got mud right. in their eye. Right. And, um, right. but, but I'm giving you the ability to wash that off and now look at what you can see. But it's interesting. So that's a gift that's given to Enoch. But you see, one of the things that the Lord is mad at is that they can't see far off. And it would seem yeah, he right. wants everyone to be a seer to some degree. And right,
0: right. Some sort of foresight in your life or whatever.
1: Yeah. And it seems like, so if, if we listen to this, you know, your hearts have waxed hard. Uh, uh, your hearts have waxed hard. And I think we kind of understand what that means. We're not letting the, the spirit penetrate into our hearts. And their ears are dull of hearing. We, we're not uh, allowing ourselves to hear the Lord. And their eyes cannot see afar off. All of those seem to be different ways of saying, you're not listening to the Spirit, right? Now, right, uh, right. I found a really interesting parallel. If we go to um, uh, the book of Jerem, so uh, I'm just going to turn there. I, and I'm old school, and I'm using like actual paper scriptures. Sorry about that, but um, no,
0: that's all right. <laughs> I use I use my scriptures uh, digitally so much that I wonder sometimes do I remember how the books. I Still know what, uh-huh. what order the books are in, but you know, my finger used to be able to find without even looking at the book, like this about this far through, boom, my thumb would pull there and I'd be in the right area. So yeah. <laughs> now I have to scroll.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm probably half and half at this point, but I, I have a hard time teaching without uh, the scriptures because my mind remembers where something is on the page, so I can't find well, yeah, it if yeah, it's on too. the scrolling thing. Yeah, me anyway, too. so That's we get I, we get to yeah. Jerem. And uh, I think this is really, really interesting. It's a set of, of uh, three verses, um, but we're going to mix up the order a little bit. So we get to, Jeremiah. go to chapter one, which is the only chapter. Um, and he says, behold, verse three, behold, it is expedient that much should be done among this people because of, and listen, how you'll, you'll hear how similar this is to what was told to Enoch, because of the hardness of their hearts and the deafness of their ears and the blindness of their minds, right? That sounds very similar, right? We've got this deaf and hard and blind, and then he also throws in and the stiffness of their necks. Nevertheless, God is exceedingly merciful unto them and has not as yet yet swept them off from the face of the land. Now that sounds like a pretty bad group of people, right? We're going to just skip down to verse five real quickly. And this is still talking about the same group of people, but it says, uh, you know, 200 years passed away, And the people of Nephi had waxed strong in the land. They observed to keep the law of Moses and the Sabbath day holy unto the Lord. And they profaned not, neither did they blaspheme. And the laws of the land were exceedingly strict. Well, that doesn't actually sound like that bad of a group of people, right? (laughs) He's just said, well, (laughs) we're lucky we haven't even been swept off. God's really upset with us, but actually we do everything right. Well, most things right. So the key must be in verse four, right? So verse four, right after he says, that they've had, you know, they're blind and stiff-necked and so on, and they're lucky God hasn't swept them off. He said, and there are yet many among us who have many revelations for they are not all stiff-necked. So that tells us a little bit of how he defines stiff-necked, either stiff-necked means you're not receiving revelations or stiff-necked precludes you from uh, receiving revelations. And I'm guessing it's that latter that if you're, and and stiff necked mean, you know, you're not willing to bow, you're not humble. Right. So if you're not
0: pride, basically, right. yeah, So that's a way of saying pride, right? Stiff is, is almost always related with pride, unless you had a chiropractic problem. But yeah, yeah. stiff neckedness is pride. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's exactly right. So be, because they're prouder, they're not humble. Um, they're, they're, if they're stiff-necked, they're not having revelations. And then he's very explicit about that in the next verse. And as many as are not stiff-necked and have faith, have communion with the Holy Spirit, which maketh manifest unto the children of men according to their faith. All right, so th- that tells us what the opposite state is of being hard of heart, deaf in your ears, blind of mind, and stiff of neck, or the same conditions that Enoch is being told that God is so upset about. And it's that you have to be humble enough that you will receive, and I assume this means that you want and are willing to listen to. And that seems to say to me that if you do want revelation from God and you're willing to listen to revelation from God, it will come. And, uh, and if you have faith, right, you believe that it will come. So right. it's there in verse right. four, all that's in there. Um, then you'll have communion with the Holy Spirit. And that would seem to be then that you are not blind. And, and then, so that that takes me back to uh, the description with the Enoch in verse 27, that would seem to provide you with eyes that can see afar off. Meaning that the spirit, the, the inspiration that comes to you will allow you to see things differently, to see things with God's perspective, to see things uh, on occasion, probably to know you need to do this because of this. And you may not even know the because you just know what you need to do. Um, but you also just see a, a larger vista, a larger sweep, a larger understanding, an eternal perspective, we could say. Um, and you understand what God would have you do and why and so on and so on. And it seems to me if we couple these, these verses and these passages that it's telling us um, something very similar to what President Nelson has told us soon, uh, recently, which is, uh, you're not going to make it if you're not having regular communion with the Spirit. You're going to be swept off either by God or by the world or by Satan or whatever it is. But uh, you're in trouble if you are not having regular communion.
0: You know, isn't I think it might kind of tie in with uh, the brother Jared as well. The brother Jared, I, Jared was chastised for what was it, three hours or something for yeah. by the Lord and. Wouldn't that be the same kind of thing that he's doing? What what did he he's a prophet, right? But what is he not doing that the Lord chastises him for? And maybe it is, hey, you're too comfortable. You're you're sitting yeah. here. You're, you're on this plateau. You need to move forward. You need to look look afar off. What's what what does the Lord have in store for you down the road? You need to move on. Yeah, and I so think well, I think there's an interesting thing hours.
1: with uh, yeah yeah I, 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 that would be a not fun conversation, <laughs> um, and it's specifically about praying, right? But I think even right. even there's a, some specific stuff in that story where I, and it, we won't you know have time to get into it in detail here. But if you look at it carefully, it seems to me that Enoch has stopped praying, or I mean not Enoch, the brother of Jared has stopped praying because right. he has come to realize that he is unworthy, um, that he's not worthy to come into God's presence and ask for these things. And, and you see when he prays again, he says, well, I know I'm unworthy. I know I can't ask for this stuff, but you commanded me to ask, so I'm asking. Um, and, and, and I think that's another thing that sometimes prevents us from communion with the Holy Spirit, right? Enoch is a prophet. Or, I mean, yeah, Enoch, but I'm talking about the brother of Jared. The brother of Jared is a prophet. Um, Enoch <laughs> is too. But the brother of Jared yes. is a prophet who has had communion with God, and then he stops having communion because he has become so convicted of his unworthiness that he can't get himself to approach God. And finally, God convinces him to do it. And he explains, I understand I'm not worthy, but because of the atonement, I can be worthy. And so I'm going to pray. And And I think that's another thing that does often with Latter-day Saints stop us from having this communion that we start to say, okay, who am I to receive inspiration from God? Right. Right. And I don't know if you've had that experience. That's happened to me a number of times. Like, okay, I feel like I've had this direction from God and I should act on it. But really, who am I that I should get this direction? Why? I, I don't know. Am I being too, uh, caught up in my pride that I think God's saying this and that to me uh, and so on? And, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and sometimes I've talked myself out of acting on inspiration because I, I wonder, should I be receiving inspiration? And the truth of the matter is, yeah, God wants all of us to receive inspiration all the time.
0: Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we have to, that's the communi the communication, the revelation is the communication. Praying yeah. is, can be one way. Sometimes if you're like, Hey, I want this. I need that. And tell these guys this and bless that. But you want the communication and the, the, the hearing part is the revelation. Yeah. Yeah. So you need, you need a two way communication. So you want that, you need to be listening to my voice as well as talking to me or, you know, like, some people have said like, like treating God like a genie, you know, I need this and bless that. And whatever, you know, yeah. we need, yeah. To, we need, what is, what is he saying back to us is what we need to hear.
1: And and I think it does tie in with that whole, you know, what we were reading with uh, Jerem, this idea of having faith that God will uh, answer us. Uh, we need to believe that God wants to speak with us. And it doesn't take a lot to think of a father uh, who has children. Yeah. He, he wants to talk with them, right. He wants to communicate with them. Duh. But um, but sometimes we forget how much God wants to speak with us. President Packer once said, we live far beneath our privileges to inspiration.
0: Uh, I like that. That was a good one. I, there's a whole video of that guy who's on the, in the on the boat. Did you see that video they made to his? He tells a parable, basically. Yeah. About the, I, I, about I've the, seen
1: it, but I don't remember it. What is it?
0: Well, well it's a, a man is on the boat and he pays for the whole ticket. And he, he only has so much money to, to pay for this uh to pay for his passage on the boat and so he takes all his meals in his room and he eats you know just what he brought with him and he looks out the little portal oh, yeah. of his room and that's that's his whole experience and then at the end of the uh at the end of his journey he finds out that it was an all-inclusive ticket that all the meals and everything the big banquets and everything were paid for as part of it so he made that whole journey without yeah. taking advantage of all the other great stuff so i do remember kind of that i think that was like a president be... talk. oh that,
1: that you're video. right that was yeah.
0: president that he did that one yes but but they made the video to it while he told the story of this of this the, the kind of parable of that man and i think that all the, I, I that passes through my head quite a bit where i think i could be doing so much more or have a much richer experience with the spirit or whatever than i am allowing myself to do when i limit myself with with these kind of things you know yeah when i don't when i don't allow the second way the, the two-way communication when i block that out when i focus too narrowly on what i want out of a business or whatever you know what i mean
1: yeah and i i think uh, or we don't give time uh to listen or or we don't act on the prompt yeah there are a thousand ways that we don't see afar off or we're dull of hearing um, and, and it's something that clearly we need to work on so that we can have the clay washed out of our eyes. Now we're not going to all have our, the clay washed out of our eyes the way Enoch did. Right. And this is the, one of the great lessons on what it means to be a seer that suddenly Enoch sees things that none of the rest of us see like in verse or chapter seven later, he it talks about him seeing Satan standing, um, with, uh, it's in chapter seven, verse 26, and he beheld Satan, and he had a great chain in his hand, and it veiled the whole face of the earth with darkness. And he looked up and laughed, and his angels rejoiced, right? I've never seen that. I believe it's a reality. It's a it's a symbolic uh, way of seeing exactly what is happening. Uh, oh, and, yeah. and Enoch sees that reality in a way that I don't, because he's a seer. Uh, but I think that also speaks to another thing. We, we not only live beneath our privileges of inspiration, but we live beneath our privileges of following a prophet we're blessed to have a seer and president Nelson is surely a seer who has ahead of time prepared us for things that are going to happen and so on. Right. In a, in a remarkable way. And yet oh, yeah. we're not following, uh, that as well as we could. Right. And his emphasis on, uh, how do you hear him and so on? I mean, he's really been trying to get us to listen to the spirit. He's been recently telling us set aside time to, to make sure you have time for Christ in your life. And so on, all of these things that are inculcated to, uh, give us the opportunity to uh, see if our offer have communion with the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, and that's a, yeah. Uh, I think about these things quite a bit. Like when I see, when I see all the things that are happening now, um, with the with the way uh, you talked about pride, and I think about um, the. Our society today, we think we're so smart because we have an iPod and, and we can split the atom that we know so many things. Yeah. We, oh, we're so smart and science, 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 and science is all good, but that's not all of it. And we, we're so bound with all these, I mean, the politics of, of life right now is so ridiculous. I, I can hardly stand it. And I've, a chain is an apt way. We just, I feel weighted down by all the opinions and, and the strife yeah yeah all, yeah exact strife is a good way to put it just constant ah can we can we just get past some of this stuff you know yeah
1: yeah so, i agree uh, with you and i think that that uh there's there strife and contention that's another thing i've heard about prison Nelson. i heard uh his, his wife one time saying you just can't take contention at all if there's some kind of contention on the show they're watching he has to just turn it off or whatever right i think i think we are weighted down it's chaining us um, as opposed oh, to yeah. the, the peace that allows us to listen to the spirit. Right. And so this just makes Enoch become more real to me because here you've got this guy. And I, I love how when the Lord calls me, he says, I'm but a lad and, and uh, nobody likes me. So, I mean, it almost sounds like he's saying, you know, nobody likes me. Everybody <laughs> hates me. I'll go eat worms. worms um, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, it, you know, he's overwhelmed by this. He's like, who me? What, what? And Aos says, well, I don't know how to speak. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm slow of speech is what he says. And I don't know exactly what that means, but uh he really doesn't feel like this is something he can do. But the Lord says, yeah, you, uh, you go do it and I'll, I'll, I'll make it work, right? You you just follow me right. and I'll I'll take care of this. And uh, it's a fantastic, uh, th- that feels real to me. There are plenty of times where I've thought, oh, I've been asked to do this. I don't know that uh, I'm the guy for this. And, uh, but in the end, apparently I've been asked to do this, so I'll go do it. And then the Lord comes through for you. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I, was slow speech. We find the same theme with Moses, right? Moses is slow speech. So what does that mean? Does it mean they have a physical impairment or I I, I don't know, but it's just interesting that, that, um, I think I've heard so many bishops say it too. Like, why are you calling me as Bishop, you know? Yeah you know I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm currently I remember,
1: serving as bishop and i kind of feel it like well, what huh uh, me yeah,
0: there you go <laughs> why i've got so yeah. many things i thought the same thing when i had my first child i'm like oh goodness yeah i, I i'm an i'm a crazy comedian and you want to put me in charge of children this is yeah. not going to go well
1: <laughs> yeah well, yeah well, that's great yeah, good maybe insights. it hasn't uh, i'm just joking i don't know anything about about your kids so i I don't take that seriously no no Uh, no
0: i no you can i I have a thick skin so you can uh my kids are crazy too (laughs) well um so yeah so there's the there's another um uh well, I, I'll just not get bogged down in that. I was going to talk about um, just this whole call where he goes to the mountain. And I love that. And we should talk about this. Other people talked about this plenty. But he goes to the mountain, and the mountains are temples. And we were talking about this earlier, too. Yeah. Is it the temple that substitutes for mountain to the mountain for the temple? But what, for whatever reason, mountains are temples, and temples are mountains. Yeah. And, and, in, and there's a the real symbolism
1: story. there. Um. Uh so the symbol is the same for both, and I, I just suppose the mountains were there before we built anything. But um, but the symbolism is right. the same for both, right? Where you want to get nearer to heaven, and so you have this. This right, thing, and it's standing. the same symbolism you're with a, with an altar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that if the earth is here and heaven is up up here, right? Then you need something that connects the two. So an altar is that symbol. A, a church with a steeple, a temple, or a mountain. They're all those things that allow us to. Uh, draw closer to god and and uh, leave the earth behind a little bit get higher than the earth and closer to heaven uh, and so whether it's a mountain or a temple or altar or church uh, it's all the same symbolism
0: right so he goes up and he prophesies the lord um did you have any more do you want to say about no, moses no. six let's keep going i want i want to move on to moses seven and i i thought this was interesting and this may be this may be a nothing. It may be a, just a throwaway line. But to me, I thought it was pretty interesting. In, in verse 7, well, oh, first of all, let's back up a little bit. In verse 6, um, this is when he goes to the mountain. So uh, um, he goes up into the mountain, and he was clothed with glory in verse 3. Then it says in verse 4, and I saw the Lord, and he stood before my face, and he talked with me, even as a man talk, uh, talketh one with another, face to face. So we've heard this thing before in other parts where the Lord talks to someone, Moses talks to Moses face-to-face. And we face-to-face appears quite a bit in the Pearl of Great Price, which you, you don't see as much in the, the Old Testament. For some reason, that has kind of been expunged from there. But so he's talking directly to the Lord face-to-face. Um, and then uh, we'll move down here to verse seven. Um, well, verse six. And again, the Lord said to me, look, and I looked towards the north and I beheld the people. So he's having a vision here and he's looking toward the north uh in, in a physical direction because he's on this mountain he's having this experience and the lord opens it up kind of like nephi right nephi has the experience with the angel and the angel is on the mountain the angel shows him different things but this is the, the verse that i thought was interesting in verse seven it says "And the lord said unto me prophesy and i prophesied saying so enoch now is prophesying and i thought that that's an interesting phraseology is shouldn't the lord be telling him what he's seeing but the lord says tell me what you see you prophesy to me now he's not prophesying to the lord but the pattern is interesting how he is training enoch to be a prophet he says what do you see and he says prophesy in other words he says tell me what you see and and what's what's going to happen this is the the prophecy that he's going to take to the people but the the way the lord does this i think is quite interesting the lord says to me prophesy and i prophesied saying you know behold the people of canaan so then he goes on and says this i'm like that what an interesting phrase that little bit is, and why they said it that way. What's your thought on that?
1: Yeah, I I agree with you very much. This is the Lord. Um, in some ways, it almost seems like, and I mean, I don't know, I can't read the Lord's mind, but, uh, but it almost seems like this is part of the way He overcomes that hesitancy that Enoch had to begin with. Like, who me? I, I can't even talk. You know, I'm slow of speech, and no one likes to likes me. They won't listen to me, and so God uh, gets him up there, and He says, "Well, just just start." Just start, yeah. whether you know how to do it or not, wh- or, uh, whether you think you can do it or not. Just and and so it's it's similar to the scriptural phrase we hear a, a ton of times in the uh, Doctrine and Covenants: "Open your mouth, right? Right. Just get going. Yeah. Uh, have faith. Trust me. Yeah. Trust me, and I'll I'll be there. I'll take care of it. But I'm not going to. Uh, so it seems like frequently he's saying, I'm not telling you everything to do ahead of time. I want you to have faith in me. You start obeying. Right. And so it's a little similar, like, if, you know, uh, it's a tithing settlement time of year. And um, uh, actually, this hasn't happened this year, but I've had other times where I've, I've talked with people about tithing and they say, well, I just, as soon as I can earn this amount or, you know, pay this off, then I can pay tithing. I think that's interesting because what, basically what you're saying is when, when I get the blessings, then I'll start to obey the law. Right? And that's not how it works it works that you show God that you trust him and you obey the right. law and then you get the blessings of the law, right? Pay the right. tithing Faith
0: precedes the miracle.
1: That's exactly right. So pay the tithing yeah. and, and, uh, the, the blessings will come and they do. And I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives when I, when they will try it, it, it works. I've, I've seen miracles in the lives of members of my ward in the last year. Um, and so uh, this is a real thing. And it's the same thing here. He just is saying, you know, open your mouth, prophesy. I'll, I'll be there for you. I'll make, uh, I've got your back, basically. You show that you believe in me and I got your back and, and it'll work. And it's amazing for Enoch because he then gives us one of the most amazing visions in scripture. Moses chapter seven is a fantastic, amazing vision
0: right yeah it, it's very detailed it goes into a lot of things anyway I, I i thought that was an interesting way that the lord says that or the way this is written down and we don't know all the nuances and how it all went together but just what's recorded here it, it triggered me when i was listening to i was actually listening to this uh, on audio while i was doing some things i'm like prophesy why does the lord ask him to prophesy yeah. and then it triggered another thought and we talked about this a little bit before um it, it also triggered the the thoughts that we or the um uh, the, the phrase like we'll look in, in Nephi, um, in third Nephi um 1924, uh it says, and it came to pass that when Jesus had thus prayed into the Father, he came to his disciples, and behold, they did still continue without ceasing to pray unto him. Uh and they didn't um and they did not multiply many words. That's not the exact phrase I'm looking for. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, is. Keep going. it is, yeah, it is what I'm looking for. And it says, For it was given to them what they should pray. Now that phrase has always stuck to me even when i was younger it was given to them what they should pray and i'm thinking yeah shouldn't we know what to pray for i mean shouldn't and you know until later classes people like well what do you want to pray for and then that opened a whole different thought to what prayer is about well and and
1: part of the key is uh part of the key is what the the next phrase in that verse right so so it was given unto them what they should pray for and they were filled with desire
0: Desire, yes. Desire for what? What do they fill with desire for? And,
1: and I assume, I mean, I don't know, but I assume this is something very similar to what the Savior talks about, that they were suddenly wanting the th- same things the Lord wanted. Right. right. That their Become nature single. was changed like Christ was, Christ was, so that their will is swallowed up in the Father's will, that the Spirit comes and fills them with the, His desire. So then, of course, they're praying for exactly what they should pray for because their will is similar to God's.
0: Right. And yeah, because then your eye becomes single with the glory of God. Right. So yeah, all this thing. So this is what happened in my mind when I was this, when I was listening to um, Moses seven and he said prophesying. And I thought I paused it for a second. I'm like, why is he saying for him to prophesy? he's like, Oh, this is a training exercise. And then I thought about prayer and like, what should we pray for? And, and that whole like scripture chain, you know, from seminary yeah. came to my mind. Okay. Well, so he's training him how to prophesy. And on a, on a smaller scale, isn't that what prayer is for? Prayer is to, is to help train us. Right. Yeah. Does, and th- I, I say this before I've said this in classes before when I've taught, does the Lord really need us to vocalize, even if it's in our mind, does he need us to vocalize what it is we want? Doesn't he know our desires already before? And of course he does. Yeah. And then I think about this when I see it with my own kids, maybe as a younger child, I would see them struggling with the problem. Um, and I know what they want, but I'm not going to just swoop in every time I see some little perturbance or whatever. I, I don't want to just swoop in and do it. I'm a, maybe they need to figure it out and I'll watch them. And then they can tell me, what is it you need? You know, that might be with homework. It might be with anything. I know what the problem is. I see what the problem is. I See what they're working with. But you need to vocalize to me what it is that you want because the mm. the act of vocalizing that is the focus for their mind to focus on what their problem is what is yeah. the issue before you so i've used this this before like i know how to tie the shoe and i see that they're struggling with tying shoe. so i could run over there and tie their shoe but if i tie the shoe do they learn how to tie their shoe
1: right
0: so i'm like well what are you doing i'm trying to tie my shoe well do you remember you know they make the loop and the rabbit goes around the tree and what you know I can say that, but they need to vocalize or figure out, Hey, can you help me? Okay. What do you need help with? I need help doing this. Why do you need help with that? You know, but the, the, the physical act of them thinking through that and explaining to me what the issue is, whether it's a shoe tie or, or a, a book report or whatever, that vocalization is what focuses their mind on that. And okay. then it becomes a, and I think the prayer is that exact thing. What is it you're focusing on? And I, and it gives you that opportunity yeah.
1: for the spirit to fill you and yes. and, and ch- either teach you or change your desires or magnify it or whatever your state is and, and where it needs to go. But it, it gives you the chance to formally have that happen.
0: That's right. That's right. You need, but it's part of that. There's a thought, there's a uh, saying that you hear a lot in all kinds of uh, circles that thoughts are things. Jordan Peterson talks about, there's a lot of people that talk about thoughts yeah. are things. And that's why you do these aphorisms or mantras or, or things that you read in the morning, you say in the morning, because as you focus your thoughts, those thoughts become things. And they become, like it says here in Mosiah, or excuse me, uh, 35, um, 19, it becomes your desire. What is your desire? What is it you desire in your heart that you focus on? And whatever you focus on is what you will gravitate towards, what you go towards. And those thoughts become things. Good. Yeah, as so, a man thinketh, right? I, so is he. Right. So is he. Yeah. So anyway, and I just, I just listened again uh, to a talk from Neil A. Maxwell um, that was given, I don't know when it was given, quite a long time ago, but it's called According to the Desires of Our Hearts. It's a fantastic talk. Yeah. And he talks about how those things become real. If we have the desire to do that, whether it's, for the good or for the not so good, um, you whatever you desire, you are led to, and that's what will become your reality. And there's that. There's another one. It might have been Stephen Covey that said, um, "Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a um, reap a, a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny." Mm. I'm not sure if that's from Stephen Covey, but that's something I, I posted on our, our refrigerator years ago, that thoughts are things. So don't say things that you don't mean because those things become things. And they can be, if the, if you say something, a, a loving thing to your siblings, that becomes your, if you say hurtful things and spiteful things, that will be your route. That will be your stumbling block. That'll be a barrier. Anyway, but this whole thing came together that, the Lord is teaching Enos how to prophesy, and we need to teach ourselves in our own lives how to receive our own revelation. And it starts yes. with prayer, and we need the prayer to vocalize what we want. And, and don't do it like, um, and I say this like I'm really great at it, and maybe I'm just I, not maybe I am as guilty as anybody else, uh, and maybe more so of doing what, um, I think it was Elder Ukdorf that said. Sometimes we pray like the Lord's a genie, you know, just yeah. bless this and take care of that and do this. And, you know, just read off a laundry list of all the things you want them to do. And, and it's not supposed to be that. It's what do I desire? What, are, what I want? What's my yeah. goal in life? And break that down into daily tasks and things and then ask for help with that and get that communication. And hopefully, if we're doing things right, we get the revelation back. We learn back what we're supposed to be doing. And then that brings us into alignment with what the Lord wants. And then what should I be praying for? Help me to, what should I be desiring at this time in my life? What should I desire? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like so, uh, you may be asking, uh, and this is what happened for me just the uh, day before yesterday. I, I'm asking what, what should I fast for? I, I had a bunch of things I kind of wanted to fast for, but I, I, wanted to know what should I fast for? That, and then I got some direction, you know, here's what you should be asking for. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was one of the things that was on my list. Right. But uh, uh, so, yeah, I hope we, we get some direction uh, that changes our desires or, or focuses our desires.
0: Right. Maybe we anyway, can just
1: summarize. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, no that was it. That's I, all those things kind of came together. It was kind of one that pinged off another when I talked to you about what we wanted to talk about on the show it all scripture chained together in my mind. And I was like, this is, I don't, maybe it's not as super important to anybody else. But to me, that one little phrase kicked off a whole bunch of thoughts. And I'm like, this yeah. is, this is how it is for us. Every time I see something in the scriptures I, and the macrocosm, I see a microcosm in my life. And I think <laughs> this happens to me all the time. I, I see someone in the scriptures and they, they do something. I'm like, Oh, what a doofus. And then in my own family, I see myself doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, why can't I just listen? Why can't I just listen? Why can't I be smarter in doing it? <laughs>
1: just... that's, that's one of the great things about the scriptures. And this happens to me all the time. We're like, we, we will think, oh, what is wrong with them? And if we will stop and think about it, we'll say, oh, I, there is it, it, almost always, it's not really an if. I've, I always say this to my students. It's not a don't ask yourself if you're doing what ancient Israelites did. It's a how.
0: How yeah. are you doing? You just what have way to are you out.
1: You're doing the same same thing. You just need to figure out what way, and then let's find the answers. Since the problem is in the scripture, the answers are in the scriptures as well. Yes. Right? And that's the power of the scriptures. So maybe we can just summarize a little bit some of the things we've um, we've talked about with, because it seems to me uh, that this is a really important topic. President Nelson seems to be emphasizing this, this idea of, of uh, receiving revelation and Enoch as a prophet. Um, <clears throat> and it seems like we've got uh, this idea that we need to, to want it. Right. So not only get desire from God, but we need to want to have revelation so that we're, we're looking for it. We're willing to listen. Yes. We're, we're, we're not so pride proudful that we're thinking I know the way. Um, and, and we believe that, uh, well, in fact, maybe I can interrupt with a, a, a personal story where this kind of thing became very real for me. And I actually was kind of transitional in my, my life and my, uh, a career in doing uh, this kind of thing. Um, for a long time, I've been uh, advocating that, you know, you should prepare ahead of time when you're going to speak or teach or something. And you absolutely should. I'm still advocating that. But I've changed my focus a little bit on, on how or what to prepare because I've been talking to people and saying to them, you know, yeah, if you're going to give a talk, uh, you can be as inspired uh, ahead of time when you're preparing and writing things down as you can be at the time. And uh, then I was uh, I was living in Los Angeles, and I was called under the High Council. I was only thirty-two years old, and I just felt like, why? Who am I? I'm going to go talk to these people that are really experienced, and they know what they're doing, and so on. And but they they called me to the High Council, and the Stake President emphasized again and again and again. He said, I don't want you to write down your your uh, talk. I want you to uh, just prepare spiritually the week before, and you can. Study that topic in the scriptures, but it actually, you don't have to do that. You can just be studying the scriptures, just prepare spiritually, and then get up there and believe that the Lord will tell you what to say. And, uh, and you'll do it. And I thought, no, that's not how it works. I've been, I've known all my life. I've been advocating this other way. I'm going to do it this other way. And then I finally thought, okay, he's, he's your stake president. Uh, maybe this isn't true for everyone all the time, but he's telling you to do it right now. So this is inspiration for you. You need to do it. So it was really hard to get myself before my first uh, high council talk uh, to do that, but I decided I'm not going to write anything down. I'm not going to have an outline or anything. I I have a kind of a vague idea of what I'll talk about, but I'm just going to prepare spiritually ahead of time. Um, And the first time I was supposed to do it the night before um, one of the other high council guys emailed and said, I'm supposed to speak in this other ward that was in the same building I meeting in that I was speaking in, uh, but I I've suddenly had to go out of town. Can anyone do it? And, and I said, well, I'll, I'll be there. And I'm already speaking. I can, I can do that. So I'm going to speak twice sure. in the same day and I'm speaking in the Westwood first word and the Westwood second word. So this is the word that has like Bel Air in it. And uh, I mean, these are, these are people who are very accomplished people. Uh, and, yeah. and I'm the 32 year old that's going to go in and, and speak to them. And I, I get in there the first one, and uh, there were only there were supposed to be two speakers. There were no youth speakers, uh, another speaker and then me. And the, the first speaker didn't show up. Um and, oh, wow. And, uh, and to make matters even better, the uh, first counselor in the state presidency was there to see how I was doing, right? So, so I ended up with the entire meeting to fill. And if I had, oh, wow. had uh, yeah, if I'd had, had, um, a talk written out that was, you know, 15 minute talk or something, I would have been right. in trouble. Um, and I was, <laughs> I was petrified as I stood up, like, how am I going to speak for half an hour or something like this for 35 minutes or whatever. And, uh, and, uh, but I thought, okay, you know, I did what the stake president asked me to do. Uh, I'm just going to believe that the Lord will do it. And I got up and I don't know what I said. But uh, I had no hesitation, no problem. I knew what to say the entire time. And then the next word, the same thing happened. The, the second speaker didn't show up. And I got up no and way. I gave a completely different talk. Um, and uh, and, and it was, I, I was so grateful that I'd listened to the stake president rather than oh, uh, write my thing out. But it, it changed my focus. In uh, It was one of those times where, I like Enoch, I, could, I, I learned to believe the Lord, that he had my back. That if yeah. I would just prepare and open my mouth, um, he would he would come through for me and, and I could be a, a tool or an instrument in his hand. So I think that's part of this whole, um, you know, be willing, be open, uh, be expecting inspiration and in revelation, be looking for it, believe that it will come and then just act on that and trust that the Lord will give you inspiration. And that can be for talks, but it can be for how to help your children. It can be for... Sure. Uh, what job you should do? It can be for every aspect of life. Uh, you know, don't live below your privileges of inspiration. Though I, we all do, but um, but let's work on not. And Enoch didn't, right? And that's the fantastic thing about this. Story.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. He moved forward. He he got the call. He's not. What about me? But he moved forward. So yeah, so he's a good example of what we can do. And of course, we know what happens to the city of Enoch. Yeah. you know, they're it pretty. Took good a while. People. Yeah, yeah, it took a I mean, while. It right. several but, hundred, but it started years, with, but... Starts with this, though. This is that's where it exactly right, right here. He took the call, he answered the call, he he started doing it. And Lord said, What do you see? Prophesy here. Here's what he sees. So, yeah, well, that's a great story. I like that. Carrie Mulestein, stand upon this pulpit and prophesy to these people, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, kind of what you did. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you didn't have to come out with new scripture, but you could, you could intuit what that, that that ward needed what did that ward need what did someone in that area or many people in that ward need to hear and you were an instrument for that so so you prophesied to those people using the words of other prophets i'm sure but that's okay yeah yeah it was yeah and and i hope that we can
1: all i mean in one way or another it may not be that exact circumstance but in one way or another uh we're all going to be able to uh open our mouths and and prophesy or at least uh, open our minds and act on the inspiration.
0: Yeah, not only are we gonna we we better because the Lord expects that, and yeah, you don't want to get yelled at on a mountain for three hours, right? That's right. That get be swept it, off
1: from the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah, so, that's even worse. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, don't do
0: that. Well, great. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to some more uh, some more of this um, as we go forward through the scriptures. Right.
1: Well, th- thanks, Lamar. And thanks to everyone. And, and now you know that uh, you made the right decision in liking and subscribing and sharing. That's right. So, See, yeah. I told you, you know,
0: <laughs> and uh, and do put some if this place, if this forum has comments, leave comments below or what you thought or what you want us to cover, what topics you think are good. Um, feel free to do that and, and tell me where I'm wrong and where Carrie's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: or, or are they all wrong together? <laughs> anyway.
0: Oh Yeah, let's all figure that out. Uh, all right. Well, hey, I appreciate you, everybody, joining us today. Uh, thanks again, and look for some more of these podcasts coming up.
1: Thank you.